What's up everybody? Welcome back to the third part of this awesome AMA session that you guys gave. All these great questions and stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed the first two. Again, I am like up late right now doing all these edits, getting this stuff cut. I'm um, getting all the content put out because we just recorded for like two and a half hours straight. That's, that's a long time. That is the longest recording session I think I've had yet. And that's out of like interviews and everything that I've done. I think two and a half hours straight. So I definitely chopped that up. You guys can find your content, find w w which one's best, share it, you know, like share it with people and stuff that you guys uh, think can really take a lot of weight. But um, I, I chopped it up so that it's, it's way easier to digest. If you guys want to listen to like two and then three or whatever, if you want to go two and a half hours straight, by all means, please. But you definitely don't have to. So chopped it up for you guys. This is the third part. Awesome job. Love the questions. Really good content. Hope you guys take a lot away from this stuff because uh, you guys ask good questions and I tried to give really good like in-depth responses too just to like match the level. Um, I think if somebody gave me the stuff back when I was first starting out, it would be invaluable. So I want to make sure I give that same level of content and the same level of like quality to you guys. So let's dive right into the third episode. All right, next one. Uh, number 10. Okay, this is kind of a cool one. I'm a widow for 13 years. I'm going to I'm gonna read this as best I can. It's kind of long, but I'm going to read it as best I can. I hope I get it right. I'm a widow for 13 years, and I lost my son six years ago. I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, it seems as if I'm put on a pedestal because of the tragedy in my life, and I'm not sure how to navigate that. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, I think I understand what you're saying. Okay, so uh, so you've been widowed for 13 years and you lost your son six years ago. Okay, it seems like you're put on a pedestal. I get what you're saying. Okay, so you're, you're, you're basically saying people are kind of like looking up to you for advice or they're, they're trying to, um, I guess, see if you can kind of like help them through. It sounds like probably their own similar experiences. Yeah, so what I got to tell you on this one, this is kind of, it's kind of cool when you discover this. But you people, people don't necessarily need an expert in what's happening. They just need a result that's, that's going to occur. And if you can help them navigate difficult situations, if you being widowed 13 years ago and then losing your son, right? If you can, if you can navigate those situations and you've found ways to come out of them and other people are leaning on you, that means they're feeling some sort of trauma that you've connected with, that they, they have connected with you because they are feeling some sort of trauma that they feel like you understand or you feel you can, you can connect with them on some sort of level that connects to that trauma and, and they're looking for kind of like guidance on somebody that's gone through it. And that's, that's honestly, that's all that is happening. That's all this podcast is. This podcast is just like me talking about experiences I've had, how I've navigated through it. And then at some point, if you're listening to this, you've connected with these, these things that's, that have happened. And that's all that's going on right now. That's all that's happening in this in this crazy in this crazy world. But in all these episodes, these are little things that have happened in my life, and I'm just sharing my experience. And at some point, somebody connects with you. Like you, you've connected with it. If you're listening to this, you've connected with this, and something resonates with you. And and maybe there's some sort of result or something I've accomplished or something I've been able to do as a result of that. And and that resonates with you, right? So if people are if people are coming to you. And they're putting you on what you feel like is a pedestal. That's not a bad thing. Like, like seize that opportunity, help them. They're, they're coming to you for advice and help be more than happy to help them. You don't have to be an expert. Don't feel like you have to be certified or you have to have some qualification or you have to be the, I'm a the widow and you know, lost family members club leader or president or whatever, you know, like you don't have to be qualified for anything. People are coming to you because they're looking 
they're looking up to you. You've accomplished something that that they've had a rough time with, and they they've seen you do it, and they want your help. So just help them. Help them as best as you can. Help them navigate that situation the best way that you know how. And it may bring you peace. It may bring you peace and solidarity and solitude. It may bring you comfort that maybe you've been looking for. Being able to help people. Being able to help people as a human, uh, it's a core desire for people. It's, it's something that people want. They want to build relationships. They want to solve these, these questions, these solutions, these, these um, not solutions, but these questions or these curiosities that we have about life and about purpose. And if you can help people, it helps solve kind of that connection that you're looking for that, right? That you're looking to solve. So maybe that's your calling. Maybe these experiences are things that have happened in your life and, and your calling is to help other people deal with these same experiences, right? Like I, I went through like a divorce and it was painful and, and then a breakup that was super painful and I've done all these things. It sucked, right? It was really shitty at the time, but there's other people that have gone through it and my experience, people use their own personal like instances and the things that they're going through. They, they look to me because I have the experience of going through that and getting a certain result. I've come out with a certain outcome and they, they maybe they want to repeat that, right? They, they look to that and they find that inspiring. So it's, it's my duty. This is, again, comes back to math. Um, come back to the Bible, Matthew 25, nine, it is my duty to use the things that have happened to me and the opportunities that have happened in my life and the gifts that I have been given to make the most of them. And it glorifies God when you do that. So this is your calling. These, these may be the things that you need to do to glorify God, to use these gifts, to use these talents, to use these experiences that you've been blessed with to help other people. Don't squander these opportunities. Use this. Use this to glorify God. Use this to help the people that are seeking this out from you. Help them. Sit down. Call them. Text them. Be like, let's talk. Let's talk about it. I'm, I'm not qualified. I'm not a whatever. You know, like you don't have to be. Don't worry about it. Sit down and talk with them. Do the best that you can to help them overcome and to get through. And I'm, it, it'll probably change your life. It is probably going to lead you to a certain place where you're going to do these amazing things and really impact some people in a positive and a beautiful way. So seize these opportunities. Use these as your gifts. These are the these are the things that you need to be um, just just focused on. Focused on helping people. That's that's a that's a wonderful gift. A wonderful talent. I know it sounds terrible, but again, let's look at it grateful with a grateful mindset and be so happy and so blessed that you can use these gifts that God has given you. These opportunities to help other people that have gone through these terrible, horrible things to create a positive outcome and to change people's lives for the better instead of leaving them to dry. So don't worry about being put on a pedestal. They're, they're doing that in their own mind. And you know what? Don't, don't shag yourself short. Don't, don't tell yourself that, that, that you're not this wonderful, great person. You are a wonderful person. People wouldn't be looking up to you if you weren't this wonderful, amazing person that is able to overcome it. People are putting you on a pedestal because that's where you are naturally being put. God is putting you on that pedestal in your life. Don't dethrone yourself. Don't take yourself down. He is trying to do something good for you. He is trying to give you a gift. He is trying to give you that opportunity to use the talents and use what's happened in a positive way. Seize the opportunity and make the most of it. It could be your, it could be your greatest blessing. Okay. I hope that answers your question. I like that one. That's a pretty good one. Uh, I like these. These are really good guys. You guys got a lot of good questions in here. Um, Okay, let's get to the next. One. I'm gonna do like I'm gonna do three more. Okay, and then we can and then we can get into the next one next time. But um, <laughs> like an hour forty in, so 
Ooh, baby, we, we are a minute into this. But I like these. These are such good questions. They're really, really good. So let's do three more, and then uh, and then maybe we'll I'll – try. I'll have to chop this episode up. But then, then we'll try it again, okay? We'll do another one of these. I really like this. You guys do a good job. Um, okay, let's get to number 11, the next one. Okay, if you can share what went wrong in your marriage and your learnings and your hope for the future. <laughs> future, it says F-U-T. Uh, I'm assuming that's because you ran out of characters, but – I can guess that you said and hope for the future. So let's go with that. Uh, if you can share what went wrong in your marriage and your learnings and your hope for the future. Yeah. So kind of dialing back to what we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, questions like four or five, somewhere in there, but talk about what went wrong in my marriage. This was something that's, it's very hard, right? It's really, really hard to be introspective and to, uh, be able to analyze things and put blame on yourself because Naturally, as human spirit, we want to be right. We, we never want to be wrong about anything. So it's hard and it, it creates pain when, when we admit we're wrong or when we're told we're wrong or when we're wrong, right? when we're wrong about something, it's painful. It's hard. So we never want to be wrong. So being able to identify what went wrong and being able to put that as a responsibility on yourself brings power to you to change and to make that better. So... While I think young me or fresh out of a divorce me would have looked at the marriage and looked at the situation with the divorce and been uh, pissed off, angry, upset, and blaming other people for it, where I'm at now, I take full responsibility and everything because I want to be able to make a positive change in the future. So when we look at what went wrong in the marriage, I 100% know exactly what it was. And it was I I settled at a long, at a really early point in the relationship. I mean, to, to really dial it in for you guys, uh, we dated for, boy, how long did we, for like maybe two years, I don't know, somewhere in there, a year or two years maybe, we dated for a while before we were engaged and then got married. So in the course of when we were dating in college, right, junior year, senior year, and then, uh, yeah, so we dated for at least a couple of years. Um, in the course of dating, I broke up with this girl twice, twice. Like I knew in my heart that this was not the person that I was supposed to be with, but I wasn't strong enough to be alone, so I kept going back to her, right? Stupid. I kept taking her back. Dumb. So dumb. I would I would work up the courage and finally do what needed to be done, and I would break up with her, and then I would feel so bad and be so uncomfortable being alone that I couldn't I couldn't stand the pain and the feeling of making somebody feel bad, so I'd take her back. And that created more pain. Created more pain for me. Caused more pain for her. Caused, you know, like, ultimately it led to a divorce. So, like... You just got to be comfortable like being by yourself. But when I say like what went wrong, it was I settled for the wrong person early, like right away. I never should have, right? A lot of red flags, a lot of bad things that I like recognized. I knew in my heart were wrong, but I settled for them anyway. And I brushed them off and I justified everything. And that's wrong. That's really, really wrong. I was not comfortable being alone by myself with who I was. And I settled and I lowered standards and I made exceptions and I made justifications for red flags and things that shouldn't have happened. And I, I made it okay. And I got, like, it was bad. This is things like now I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even talk with the person. I'd be like, oh, okay. You know, I'd finish my drink and then go home. So, like, it's not things that where I'm at now I would even settle for or even, you know, second guess. But then I was so uncomfortable by myself. Like, that's, that's really, if I say, like, what went wrong, um, right off the bat, I, I settled for justifying, like, red flags in the relationship. But, like, what actually went wrong in the marriage, if we, if we want to dial it into the marriage, I started, um, 
distancing myself, right? Because when, when you feel like you're settling, you start building resentment because you feel like you're with the wrong person and you can do better. So you start building this resentment. And as you build resentment, you start building detachment, right? So you stop wanting to be around the person. You stop wanting to do things with them. You stop wanting to spend time with them. So you start building this like detachment from them. You start pulling away. And uh, if somebody in a relationship isn't getting the love that they feel like they need, then they're going to find it somewhere. If they're not getting it from you, they're going to try and get it from somebody else. And that's that's ended, that's what ended up happening. I ended up, I, uh, I felt like I was settling. So I started distancing myself or felt like I was settling. So I built resentment. And as a result of the resentment, I started distancing myself. And as I started distancing myself, she started losing the love that I was giving. And she went and sought that out from somebody else that was willing to give it to her. So that's, if we talk about what or wrong, that's ultimately, that's, that's really what it is. So, um, and then that's what I learned too. That's what I learned from it. I just, I learned all of these lessons and it wasn't even like right away. It was just a lot of lessons over the last three or four years that I've had to like really wrap together and, and put together for me. So I can conceptualize and put the stuff in my head and, and improve from it and, and make things better. So in the future, to answer the last part of the question, what do I hope for the future? Well, ne- never to settle. To, to recognize and understand what a red flag and what a line in the sand is and not settle for that, which I am now at a happy place to where I don't want anybody in my life if they don't add value to my life. If somebody doesn't add value to my life, there's not a question in my mind that will not be a part of it. And and you know that right off the bat. There's like, you just, you don't, you don't question your gut. If you got a bad gut feeling, like you don't question it. You get to a point where if you are so happy with yourself, you do not question your, your gut feelings. So like that's, that's where I've, I've gotten myself to a point to where um, that's where I'm at. And I, I don't question anything. So my hope for the future is I will find somebody. I know she'll come in my life. I just got to maintain the course. And I have to keep doing what makes me happy and brings joy in my life and pursuing the best version of myself, making the most of the gifts I've been given, Matthew 25, 9, right? Making the most of the gifts that I've been giving. And as long as I continue to do that, the, the right person is going to fall into my life. She will. She will at the right time. I uh, No doubt in my mind. I, and I don't, I don't even have to worry about it. And that's the thing. I've disconnected myself as much as I can. I've totally disconnected myself from the idea that I got to go find somebody. She's just, she will fall into my life uh, when the time is right for me and the time is right for her. So just being able to identify like the red flags and not settle for it. So that's, uh, that's definitely what I'd, I'd say my, my hope for the future. That's, that's what it is. So that's a good question. I like that one. All right. Next one. Uh, number 12. What's the best piece of financial advice? <laughs> well, if you guys haven't got a lot already, I think you got some. But no, best piece for best piece of financial advice. Uh, I would say, you know, just learning. You you really got to learn um, and repeat successful actions. Whatever works works. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna come right back to it. Rich Dad Poor Dad. Learn the difference between assets liabilities. Buy assets before you buy liabilities, and and live your life with that uh, mindset. And you're going to build wealth. You're going to build wealth for yourself. You're going to build generational wealth for your family and your kids. And you're going to like prosper like crazy. And it, and it doesn't take a lot. It just takes, takes consistent action. I mean, I bought the first house three years ago and I told myself I'd have three properties in three years and I've just been repeating successful actions and doing the same stuff. And, uh, and I've, I've hit that benchmark and I've exceeded that benchmark and I'm just, I'm going for it, right? I'm continuing to go for it. And it's, it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. It's really a lot of fun. So when you can do that for yourself and when you can, you can realize kind of like how to master money and how to master like your finances and understand it. Like you stop thinking in the scarcity mindset of I don't have that much money or I have to budget for it. I have to save for it or whatever. You stop thinking in that scarcity mindset and you start thinking in an abundance mindset of how do I get more? Because money's not a zero sum game, right? 
We think, we think in the world that there's only a certain amount of money that we can get. There's only a certain amount of wealth in the world. And if somebody else has it, I can't. If somebody else has the wealth, I can't have it. And that's not true. Money is not a zero sum game. Wealth is not a zero sum game. Zero sum just means that like, uh, there's, there's only so much there's, there's a zero sum. Like it, you, one person has 50, the other person has 50. If one person takes your 50, then it's gone zero. That's not the case. He, he can, he can take your 50 and have a hundred and you can go and get 200. Right? So there's, there's always more to get. There's always more to do. You just have to put yourself in the mindset to where you're not going to blame other people. You're going to take responsibility for it. And you're going to make the change in the growth that you need to do. It's not necessarily easy. It could be hard, but it's not a zero sum game. And don't ever think that it is. You can always, always produce more, make more, get more. It's just, you start asking the questions in an abundance mindset and not in a scarcity mindset. You start asking the questions of, instead of, I can't afford that. You start thinking, how can I afford that? What do I need to know? Where's my money? Where do I go get it? Right? Grant Cardone says all the time. He's like, who's got my money? Who is it? It's like, somebody's out there. Somebody's got my money. I have to go find who has it. Right? That he's, and he, what he's saying is somebody out there is going to be the customer or the client that he's looking for, right? Somebody that wants to work with them. He's got to find who those people are and he has to be available to them and present the right messages to them and present the right products to them and solve the right problems for them, right? He has to do the right things and that person's going to be the person with his money. That's going to be the person that's going to give him his money. And that's what you got to do. You got to think that way, right? You got to think, I can't afford a Lamborghini. Well, you can't afford a Lamborghini. How can you afford the Lamborghini? What do you need to do to get yourself to the point to where you can afford the Lamborghini? Maybe you got to build three sales funnels. You got to build four YouTube channels over the next three years. You have to buy three properties and you have to do these things. And then, and then at that point you're creating so much fucking income. You can, you can buy the Lamborghini, right? So it's like, how can I go do these things? How can I accomplish this stuff? Not, I can't do it. Right. Or I can't afford these things or I can't do it. You think you start thinking how and not, I can't. So it's just, it's, it's very interesting, right? So I, I really think rich dad, poor dad's great. Um, there's, oh, what is another one? There's another book too. It's really about like mindset, like figuring out your fucking mindset and getting yourself straight and positivity, right? Gratitude, being grateful for like options and opportunities and things that have uh, come into your life. But when you, when you get yourself to a grateful mindset, you start to recognize opportunities and that allows you to seize the opportunities that have been presented to you. And that's when you start getting more and being able to achieve more, right? Those that have much will receive more and they will live in abundance. So you want to live in that abundance. You don't want to live in that, that poor mindset. You don't want to live in that state. You want to live in abundance. Um, think and grow rich talks a lot about that. I didn't totally get a lot to be honest with you guys. I didn't get a lot from that book. Um, maybe I need to reread it, but like everybody talks about it and everybody loves that. So maybe, maybe read think and grow rich. You'll, you'll probably get something out of it. Like 90 other percent of people that I listen to and, uh, and just talk with and stuff. So maybe that's a good idea. Think and grow rich. But I personally, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. That, that personally, that is the, the financial book that kind of like revolutionized, revolutionized. I think that's right. You never like say a word and you just can't think of it. It doesn't sound right to you. Revolutionized. Revolution. I think that's it. Revolutionized the way I think about money. Yeah, I think that's it. So um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, to stay on topic. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki is my choice of a book that helps me understand like the financial piece, but like if I could sum it up into like one sentence is understand the difference between assets, and liabilities and buy assets before liabilities. That's, that's, if I could simplify it as much as possible, my best piece of financial advice, understand the difference between assets and liabilities 
and buy assets. Just buy things that make you fucking money. And the same thing with like spending time, spend time on things that make you money and not on liabilities. For example, watching Netflix, not really doing anything for your benefit, reading an audible book or an audible, geez, I'm having a rough time with words, an audible book, reading or listening to one of those or reading, you know, a book. Like if you sit down and rich and read rich dad, poor dad in a day or in a weekend, or you could sit down and watch Netflix, right? You're, you're kind of doing the same thing. You're, you're investing in an asset. If you read the book, you're going to learn things that are going to help you grow, focus on different stuff, set you a different mindset and allow you to discover different opportunities than it would if you were watching Netflix. Do you see, see how like, it's not necessarily what produces, well, it does produce income. Um, but you may not see it as like a direct monetization. I could tell you all these books I've read have produced income for me because it's wakened my mind and helped me learn from experience of other people that have taught me things and helped me to recognize these talents that I have that have, that can be monetized. So it's really, really cool. Um, a lot of stuff by Russell Brunson. He's the, uh, one of the co-founders of click funnels, puts out a lot of good content and stuff, a lot of good books. Um, he does a really good job. So it's, it's, it's about finding people and, and the right people will come into your sphere. They'll come into your environment when the time is right, right? When you're in the right place to, I think, absorb and accept the knowledge that they are putting out. Those people will come into your life at the right times. So don't worry about like people you don't know about or any of that stuff. Just kind of start. And as you start, you know, you start watching their YouTube stuff, start listening to their podcasts. They'll talk about other people, start looking up on those people. Like a lot of really cool, the way things like stem and fan out. So just start, start like educating yourself and understanding basic concepts and, and you'll learn from there. Um, if you guys want to follow a good influencer, he sells a lot of stuff. So like, you'll definitely recognize he's very direct marketing. He's, he's got a lot of direct marketing campaigns and stuff on his Instagram and whatnot. But, um, Jason capital has a lot of good, if you go on his YouTube channels and just, just watch some of his like seminars and the things that he does. Um, he, he does put out good content. He, he does very good, like mindset content, um, shifting away from like the negativity, focusing on the positivity, how to make more money, like all these really great things. Um, his name is Jason Cap. That's not his actual name. His actual name is Alex Morocco, but there was a copyright thing. He started a business with his name and uh, somebody else bought the business. So naturally his name was a part of that. So he had to like almost change his name to Jason Capital and create like a whole new identity because his other name was trademarked to that business that they bought. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but, um, but yeah, his name is Jason Capital. And check out his stuff. Really good content. So he's another one. If you want to look like, like go to his like YouTube channel and, uh, and search that stuff there. Really good stuff. But yeah, my best piece of financial advice, understand assets versus liabilities and buy assets, buy income, just find ways to buy income and repeat it. It's easy. <laughs> Sounds easy, right? No, it is. It is once you understand it, but you, you gotta, you got to be willing to like educate yourself and get yourself thinking that way to where you just recognize assets when they pop up in your life. You see these, these like crazy opportunities and then you just repeat it, repeat successful actions. All right. Good question. Um, all right. Last one, right? Number 13. This is the last question. And then, uh, and then we'll have to do this again. I like this. This is really good though, but let's get, let's get the last one here. All right. Besides the bank, what is the best place to keep your money? Oh boy. Okay. Right back to the same thing. You, you just go to a place where you can buy assets. Uh, another good one. Dan Locke has a book called F you money. And in that he describes the difference between three different types of income. There's earned income, leveraged income, and passive income. 
passive income has two different subcategories and that's passive or that's uh um uh, what is it level and variable so well, we can kind of like get into it but but basically uh dan Locke and fu money talks about earned income leveraged income and passive income so best place to keep your money in one of those three categories typically not your earned income because that's where you have to trade time so it's like a job right you have to trade time and you get money that's your earned income um, but leveraged and passive income is the best way to to store your money so an example when you put your money in the bank it is an example of passive income you put your money in a bank and as a result you get interest now the interest generally is negligible if not zero so you're not really gaining anything and there's inflation inflation's a thing so it means your dollar is getting less stronger if you think about it we used to have twenty dollars to buy whatever it would buy you ten years ago and think about what that same amount of money can buy you this this uh today right it's it's nowhere near the same as purchasing power as it had that's inflation so if you take we'll say 100 bucks and you put it in the bank and you pull it out in 10 years the amount of interest that it's accrued is way less than the amount of inflation that it's depreciated by so like it's not a great place to be sticking your money in the bank it's like buying a stock that never goes up in value it's just not generally a great idea you need to have some sort of return at least something that's over that of what inflation is typically the lower the return the safer it is the more guaranteed it is and the higher the return the more like unsecured it is the, the, the less stable that investment can be so it's all about like what you want to do always 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 improve your money like i don't keep like there's a certain amount you'll figure it out like what you're comfortable with but never like i know people that keep like hundreds of thousands of dollars in their bank account stupid fucking stupid unless you're like setting it in unless you're liquidating some things to set it in there to buy like a house or something you know to, to, to make a big purchase because you got to wire it out of, a, of an account somewhere like okay that that's totally okay but like they're storing it there like this is their investment plan is to like put the fucking money in a bank account fucking dumb so stupid okay figure out figure out a number i typically say anywhere like three months worth of expenses so if you spend if if like your rent and your utilities and your car payments and all that stuff over like the course of like three months is we'll say i don't know every month say it's three grand so we're, we're trying to map that out put like 10 grand in your account and then be done with it like keep 10 grand in the account in the bank and then just because that becomes like your emergency money and then everything else needs to be invested one way or another there's a hundred different ways you can invest your money depends on how much risk you want to have again rich dad poor dad's gonna help you out with a lot of this stuff i need you guys to like understand how valuable i think that book is but dan Locke talks about like other forms of income because if you read rich dad poor dad you'll understand the ability to buy like to buy assets which is really just buying income and then you take that same concept and you go over to dan Locke's book fu money and you understand okay if i'm trying to buy income what are the three types of income well you got earned passive and leveraged okay what am i going to buy in those in those categories right typically a business is like leveraged income you're taking your money and you're leveraging it against other people's time and then passive income is like you're taking your money and you're buying just you're buying income that happens automatically like real estate um, rentals and stuff okay or like my youtube channels or you know whatever else i got going on okay so like that's an example of like leveraged and and passive income so you're just you're finding ways to do that so in my advice i would say find methods find like start your business or do whatever but like find ways to take that money 
invest it and grow it. Passive, some people think passive is the best. It's not the most lucrative, it's the most sustainable. So like when you're trying to talk like about a retirement or anything like that, passive income's great because it's sustainable. It's supposed to be automatic, it happens. But you don't always make the most with it. With leveraged income, that's where you make the most amount of money because it's scalable. You can take, if you if you can be successful with $10, you can be successful with $100 and then 1,000 and then 10,000 and then 100,000 and then a million, right? You know, it's, it's a scalable process. So it's, it's business building, it's how to grow a business basically. So if you can if you can figure out how to how to use leveraged income correctly, that's where you're going to make the most amount of money because you can scale it. Passive income is great because you can take everything and you can shove it away to passive income and make it more automatic. But you're going to be able to scale faster, bigger if you go with more leveraged income. So you just got to you got to educate yourself, right? You got to educate yourself on what these things are, what the different ideas are, what things interest you. Maybe you want to start like a, a perfume business. Maybe you want to start one of these sales funnels things, and you want to start building funnels. Maybe you want to start the YouTube stuff. Maybe you want to um, start a construction company. Maybe you want to, you know, you have a service, you have an idea, you have experience, you have, you know, like relationship coaching or something, right? Maybe you have something that you're good at and you're talented with and you have good experience and it's like that gift God gave you and you can monetize those things. You can do it to help other people and you can build, you know, these sources of income. You can, you can do these things and you can leverage it and you can build these other ideas. So I really think besides the bank, because the bank is great, it's it's secure, but you're you're not necessarily you're, you're potentially losing money if it's if it's in the bank, you're potentially losing money. So that's why it's like it's not a good idea to have more than what you really should. You, there's a certain amount, like it's fine, put it in the bank. There's a certain amount, but after that, like you're you're killing yourself if you keep too much in there. Okay, so you're you're just you're incredibly illiquid. You got everything. Well, uh, it's not like super illiquid. It's actually pretty liquid. But like, I don't know, I just don't, don't lock too much money away in the fucking bank. Figure out what your like three months, six months expenses are, set a, set a limit for yourself and then be done with it. And then everything else over that amount just needs to be invested in something. So again, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's going to tell you what assets are. And then, and then look at Dan Locke's book, FU Money, and understand what the three sources of that buying income looks like and how you can do that yourself. Okay. Like that, that those are great compliments to him. I mean, yeah, I should. I'm thinking about writing a book someday, so kind of getting like ideas now, but just, just understand that, like educate yourself, gain knowledge. You're going to understand like where you need to put your money. Cause like under the mattress, it's not a great idea, right? That the actual bank is a better idea because it's more secure. It won't go up in flames in a house fire. So it's, it's insured. So bank's not the best idea. You got to figure out your limit. Everything over that needs to be invested in one way or another. You got to buy assets. Buy income. That's where your money needs to be. That is the best place for your money. I'm not a huge, I'm honestly, I'm not a huge believer in stocks. Buying into the, like the market, I'm not a huge believer in that. Unless you're buying like large shares of companies, like you're buying like percentages of businesses, right? Because that's what you're doing. When you buy stocks and stuff, you're buying a percent ownership in the shares of that company. You're buying a percentage of ownership, albeit how small, but you're buying a share of ownership in the company. Unless you're buying enough to be like, substantial like if you have a percent of apple like that's a lot of money that's that's a good purchase but if you're buying like one or two like you're just you're not big enough to be making a massive difference like you i think you could be using that money better elsewhere for example if you spend 10 grand in apple stock sure it's going up sure it's probably doing well but if you put that same 10 grand and buy real estate with it and then that real estate's kicking off we'll say like 500 bucks or something a month you're actually making more with the real estate 
and there's other tax benefits and a whole bunch of other stuff. And the real estate's still going up in value, just like the stocks go up in value, sometimes even more depending on the location and where you're at, right? So like, I think there's better uses for it. I'm not a huge believer in the stock market. I'm just, I'm just not. I think there's same tax benefits and there's other ways to use things um, that you can, you can do better with it. I think you can do better. But again, it's all about who you are and what level of risk you want to take. I think stocks are great and, and that level of investing and stuff is great. If you're uh, poor or middle class and you have no intention of trying to get to wealthy, if you're in one of those two classes, poor or middle class, and if you're poor class, if you're a poor individual or you're in that poor class category and you are trying to save money or invest money and you're doing it very safely and you're whatever, great. Like you have the potential to move your family generationally out of that category because maybe you started in the hole because your family was in the hole or whatever. You didn't learn these things, but now you're taking these actions and you're doing this stuff. You're going to teach your kids kind of these same things and your kids are going to be better off for it. So you're going to help your family generationally, generationally get out of that hole. And maybe your family, maybe your kids and their family is going to be middle-class citizens, right? So you've helped get them out of that hole. That's great, right? That's, that's a great thing. Um, I think stocks and, and buying like investments and stuff like that for middle class is going to keep you middle class, right? Creating a retirement account, a 401k, an IRA, like those things are going to keep you in the middle class. That's that's fine, right? If that's what you're trying to do and you're trying to stay middle class, that's fine, but it's only going to keep you there. These are like middle class type investments, okay? These are, these are things that are going to keep you in these things. It's great, but you're not going to like, you're not really like getting ahead. You may, you may be able to uh, create like generational wealth. You may be able to create, right? If you can leave your kids behind, you know, a small fortune um, from your IRA or something like that's great. You you build generational wealth, but you're never going to see that yourself. It's going to keep you kind of like in the middle class. So if you, if you're trying to get to the wealthy class, you need to understand things in a different light. You need to see things differently. So if you're trying to stay poor, if you're trying to stay middle class, great. These investment opportunities are great. If you're, if you're thinking about like investments, if you're looking at buying, you know, stocks and shares of companies, starting an IRA, building a 401k, doing these things like that's great. That's really, really, I think it's a, it's a good idea and it's going to stabilize and really take care of you. But if you are trying to take yourself to a level that you never thought possible and get yourself to a level where your family is financially free and independent and completely abundant in money, then you, you have to be leveraging that money on the other ways. You have to be looking and educating yourself about how can I leverage and how can I buy income for myself so that I can get myself to the wealthy class. The average millionaire has seven sources of income. Seven. Seven different things that are paying them money. The average millionaire. I can tell you right now, most millionaires have more than that. Most that I know of at least. Most multi-millionaires have more than that. But it's all about buying income. Think about it. If you can buy one house, right? So we'll say we'll say right now. Let's let's take this tiny little example. I love this example because I use it all the time. Take this example. Let's say you buy a house. You 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 save up. You build ten grand instead of buying stocks. You buy a piece of property. We'll say you put a down payment on this property. Now let's just say that property produces to keep math simple a thousand dollars a month. Okay. So you buy a house this year. You got a thousand dollars a month. Now let's say you repeat that process. Grant Cardone says repeat successful actions. Now next year you buy another house. Same thing, right? Same thing buy the same piece of property, same amount of money down, and it brings in $1,000 a month. Great. Now, after two years, you have $2,000. Not a ton, but it's start, right? Now, let's say we repeat the same successful actions. We do it again the third year. Now, we have $3,000 coming in, and we repeat it again the fourth year. Now, we have $4,000 coming in. After 10 years, 
you are giving yourself $10,000. That's a $1,000 raise every year. Okay, see the power of tiny steps? That's $10,000 of income every year. If you invest in stocks, I can guarantee you, you're not going to be able to take ten grand or a hundred, we'll say $100,000 over 10 years. You're not going to be able to take $100,000 and generate $10,000 a month of income. You, you can do that with real estate. You can do that with like three properties. Okay, you can do that with real estate. You can do that with YouTube channels. You can do that with Instagram followings. You can do that with businesses. You can do that with Shopify accounts. You can do that with sales funnels, building sales funnels and stuff. You can do that if you've learned how to leverage your money differently, if you learn how to think differently about things. Okay, that's why I want you guys to read these books because it's going to change the way you see stuff. It's going to change the way you think about things. You give yourself a $1,000 raise every year. Could you imagine? Could you imagine right now if you're working a nine-to-five job and you've been working the job for the last 10 or, or over three years or something, like, I don't even a year. We'll just say you're working over a year. Could you imagine giving yourself every year a $1,000 raise? That'd be pretty awesome, right? That'd be amazing. Could you imagine working on that company for 20 years? It'd be 20 grand on top of whatever you're making right now. Uh, that's pretty awesome, right? So why not do that? You're just, you're not going to do that. My, my thing is like, you're not going to find that in like the, the traditional investing scenarios. You're not going to find that in stocks. You're not going to find that in your IRAs, your Roth. You know, you're not going to find it in those those ways. You have to find other ways to leverage your income and buy income. So so do that by educating yourself, learning from other people, learning what they do to be successful and, and to do these things, and then repeat it. Repeat the same stuff that they're doing. It's like that's the, the whole secret about everything. People people that can repeat successful action, actions that other people are doing like are the, are the wealthiest people in the world. It's not a zero-sum game, right? Just because I have money doesn't mean you can't. You can have money, he can have money, they can have money, everybody can have money. You just got to like think differently about it and go get it. That's all. So do that. Just start thinking about these things. Educate yourself. Think differently. It's really cool. But um, but yeah, to answer your question, besides the bank, where's the best place to keep your money? In an asset. Find something that produces your income and that's where you need to keep your money. You need to keep your money in an asset. Places that make you money. Things that make you money. So power of mind, right? Power, the power of knowledge being able to help people. So, <laughs> hey guys, thanks for tuning in. That's, this is over two hours total. We're at like two hours and like 12 minutes total. So I'm definitely chopping this up. Um, but geez, like good questions. Thank you guys so much for like participating and giving me some like great content. Hopefully I answered a lot of your questions. Um, I wasn't sure how to approach this. If I was going to approach this like simple, quick, knock this thing out in 45 minutes, or if I was just going to like Go along, give a lot of content, hopefully provide a lot of value and just stretch it out like over a really long episode. <laughs> Might have to make three. Oh my Lord. But I mean, I like I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you guys do enjoy this, like let me know. Like hit me up. Let me know. Cause cause you never know if you don't get the feedback, right? There's there's no way of really finding out. But if you guys do enjoy this, maybe we just keep doing stuff like this. Cause this is really cool. This is this is really cool. Um, being able to kind of hear what you guys are thinking and, you know, the, the understanding that we all have, right? I, I started this podcast on life relationships and finance because I feel like that's, that's what we all have a lot of questions about. And I feel like there's endless content on those three categories. And if this is the, the kind of stuff that you guys, you guys have running through your heads, like if there's follow-up questions to this, like ask them. 
send them to me. Let me know. Be like, hey, let's do a follow-up AMA. Let's do another one. Let's do a second AMA. And let's let's get more content out there and let's let's like help more people. Because again, it comes back. If one person's asking the question, a hundred other people, a million other people are asking that same question. So if I can create this content, put it out there and put it on a medium to where you guys can go back and kind of like refer to this and, and ask these things, you know, and, and get back to them over and over again. Like, this is awesome. This is so cool. So like, why not, right? Why not put out this great content that if you guys are wondering these things and I can help answer them, like, this is incredible. This is stuff like if somebody was teaching me this stuff, I'd be so just like, like jaw drop, you know, I feel like, oh my God, I need to be taking notes the whole time. You know, it's like, this is, this is crazy stuff. I feel like this is stuff that people like put on like massive conventions to kind of like talk about and to go through because it's, it's kind of like, it's life changing things. When you learn these like frameworks to help change and transform the, the answers to a lot of these questions, like you can take that and apply it anywhere. You can apply it anywhere in your life. You can apply these frameworks and they still apply and they, they can make the, the drastic change, um, that, that a lot of us are like looking for, right? The, the three core desires, that everybody has in their life is relationships, wealth, or health. And right there, life, relationships, and finance. That's like, that's the three core desires. That's really what you're looking for. So I, I love that. I love these questions. I love that you guys are super into this, just like I am. Um, I hope you guys can take a lot of the stuff that I put in here, take it away, and and make something of it and make a lot of use of it because I think it's a lot of valuable content. It's really, really good stuff. I love hearing these kind of questions. I love the feedback I get from you guys. Um, so yeah, feel free to hit me up, send me DMs. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, follow me on Instagram. If you have my personal, if you're from my personal, great. You know it. Uh, I don't give it out. I don't know why actually that I'm so like, uh, tight with it, but whatever. Um, if you go to the, uh, if you go to fulfillment underscore podcast, that's for the podcast at the podcast Instagram handle. If you go there, you'll probably figure out who I am and be able to trace me back and, and find my personal. If you guys are from my personal, thanks for following. I appreciate it. Go follow the podcast one too. Um, but yeah, other than that, guys, I, I hope you enjoy this content. I hope you enjoy the show. Let me know your feedback, share, like, subscribe, make sure you share this episode or these episodes um, with other people that you think need to hear it. And thanks for the questions. Love you guys. Thanks. We'll see ya. See ya.
All right. I hope you guys like that episode. I am cutting off episode two right there. So that's part two. And then uh, part three will follow this one. So this one's, I think, the longest. The next one's going to be a little bit shorter. But, uh, but yeah, so that's part two. If you guys like this episode, like always, make sure you guys like, subscribe, share this episode, follow me on Podbean and Apple Podcasts, and share this with anybody that you think would take a lot of value away from this. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. See ya!